most everybody knows me, but I'm Brother Les, and um, I'm just in the Ministry of Helps here. And uh, I, uh, you know, as I, as I minister, just realize that, that I'm not a five-fold minister. I'm not a pastor. I'm a, I'm a Ministry of Helps guy. Nothing wrong with that, but it'll be a little different because I'm a Ministry of Helps guy. And, uh, you know, I'm so thankful for the opportunity to minister and uh, just appreciate our pastors and, and Dr. Jakes. They trust me. Hallelujah. I was reading today. I, was, I got a, a, a different translation that I got from Brother Copeland. It's, um, well, I don't remember what translation it is right now. But I was reading it this morning because I almost always read 1 Peter 4, 10, and 11 before I minister. I'm thinking about where it talks about ministering with God-given ability. And if a man speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. And uh, it's kind of a study Bible, and I got to I got to looking at some different uh, references that it had, and took me some different scriptures, and it, and I was just so thrilled because it 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 told me exactly how to minister to you today. I'm not supposed to be beating up the sheep. I'm supposed to be encouraging them. Praise God. Jesus said, you know, if you come finding your servant and he's beating up beating up on his on the other servants. Mm. But the ones that know how to feed them, it says it said that in that version to bring them the right meal at the right time. Praise God! But that servant, that servant was special to Jesus. So I'm believing to have the right meal for you. I really am, and I'm believing to, I'm believing to be able to help you today. Um, I uh, actually, Brother Dale was praying. I was up with Brother Dale one Sunday morning. Well, this was the 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 Sunday morning where Doctor Jacobs gave the prophecy that we. That he, I don't know, about three weeks ago. And anyway, God gave me a message while I'm sitting up there listening to Brother Dale pray. And uh, just came just like that. And I'm like, okay. So I've been working for three weeks to try to figure out how to get the scriptures tied to it and, 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 and be able to uh, uh, deliver it in a way that would be a blessing and a help. And, and so I'm trusting God to do just that. I've never had so many people text me and tell me that they're praying for me. It's just like, wow, praise God. And uh, I appreciate it. I really do. I appreciate everybody that would that would pray. I pre- I appreciate all the people that really want to see this church succeed like that. Hallelujah, you know. And uh, let me read you this scripture. I had no idea that Dr. Jacobs had put this scripture in his partner letter, but if you could turn to Philippians 1.6 if you'd like. Uh, I had no idea he'd done that. I just read the, the letter this morning. I went back to my mailbox. It might have been in there for a while. I don't know, but. Uh, it gets buried in some of Mary's stuff sometimes, but I, 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 I did. I got it out and read it. I thought, wow, that's, uh, that's what I'm talking about today, or at least how I'm going to start out. Um, Philippians 1.6 is a great scripture, and I ministered it at the jail on occasion. Uh, but Philippians 1.6, being confident of this very thing, that he who begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. And uh, like Paul, I'm confident in God. I'm confident in God. Amen. I really am. And uh, I believe the good work that he started in you, he's going to complete it. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, if you're, if you're a born-again man, then God's already done a great work in you. Amen. He's already done a great work in you. And God desires to complete what he started in you. Take that individually. Take that personally that God wants to complete what he started in you. Hallelujah. It's his, his desire. God desires to complete what he started in you. And I, I realized that, you know, I preached it as a jail this way, that God don't quit on people. Praise God. God don't give up on people. God don't throw people away. Hallelujah. 
don't matter how bad you've messed up. Praise God. It doesn't matter. God has a plan. He already got a plan in place to take care of your mess ups. Hallelujah. We ought to be thankful for that. Praise. You already got a plan in place to take care of all your mess. Don't turn down God's mercy. Don't turn down God's mercy. Stay over in God's mercy. See, God's satisfied with the price that Jesus paid for sin. He's satisfied with that. Hallelujah. His desire is for you to put all your mess-ups up under the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and allow him to complete that good work. He wants to complete. He want, that's your thing is to cooperate with God and allow him to complete what he started. He wants to work with you. You personally, praise God, this is a word to you. He wants you to grow up spiritually. He does. And he's working with you. He's trying to help you, and he will not give up on you. God loves you. You're his child. Think about that. He loves you. Hallelujah. Like a parent loves a child. And uh, his desire is to complete the work that he started in. And you just go out and cooperate. And I'm fully persuaded of this. If you won't quit, you won't fail. I am fully persuaded that if you won't quit, you won't fail. He's a faithful God. And he'll never leave you and forsake you. He's faithful. He's a faithful God, and he's never going to quit. I, here in Hebrews 13, 5 in the Amplified, and I'm just going to read this last part. It says, I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless nor forsake you. Let you down or relax my hold on you. Three times it says, I will not. Well, we ought to grab hold of it. He will not. He will not. He will not. It says, in any way, in any degree, leave you helpless. You're never helpless. Never, God's never going to leave you helpless. Never going to forsake you. Never going to let you down. Never going to relax his hold on you. Praise God. What a word. Hallelujah. That's the Amplified Bible. <laughs> never going to relax his hold on you. It says, assuredly not. Assured, I mean, you can be assured that God's not going to. Let go of you. He's not going to relax his hold on you. You can take that personally, and then it's also that's a word for our whole church. Hallelujah. God's never going to let go of our church. This church is the will of God. This church is the will of God. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that today, and I hope I don't mess up the history too much. Uh, some of it's from Dr. Jacobs' uh, side, and I, I'm confident I'm not going to get it wrong enough that it would be misleading, you know. But I, I, maybe I may need a little bit of help on the exact timing of facts, praise God. But I'm going to give you a little bit of history. Uh, maybe many in here have already heard this and uh, know what I'm going to say, but maybe there's some of them in here that, well, I'm sure there's many of them in here that have not. I, I look around here and I see a lot of new faces, praise God, I really do. And I'm excited about it, and uh, praise God. So... Um, I don't know what, how to, where to start. Dr. Jacobs was a, was a traveling teacher. I think he'd pastored two or three churches before, but he was, a, he was a traveling teacher, and he was coming back from a Bible study. I'm pretty sure it was out in Palmyra, and he's coming back. He's coming down Interstate 64, and he's getting ready to come over the cut, and you get this nice view of New Albany. And uh, the Lord spoke to him and said, Would you start a church for me in this city? Would you start a church for me? in this city and uh, you know when when he said that uh, you know whether he cl 
clarified or not, it would certainly have been implied. Would you start a word of faith church in this? Would you start a word and spirit church in this? There's lots of churches already here, but he was wanting the kind of church that Dr. Jacobs would pastor. So it, I think that was pretty implied and pretty clear. And he said yes. And over a period of time, he did start the church. And God's been faithful. We're sitting right here in the faithfulness of God today. God's been faithful, hallelujah, to help the man of God do what he wanted him to do. And, uh, you know, Dr. Jacobs doesn't ever do anything flippantly. I think he, he, he stood in the pulpit last week and said, when I was going to come to Bible school, I spent 1.5 years praying before I came. And I thought, wow, you know, that, that's the kind of man you can follow right there, somebody that's sure he's heard from God. And I've talked to all kind of people. I've, I've been in church a long time, and I've seen all kind of people think God told them to do something. They charged off to do that. They charged off to do that. And, you know, when it, it just sometimes it just shipwrecks. And, and just, you know, I just look at it and say, well, you know, I don't think God's that unfaithful. I think when you hear from God and do what God tells you to do, hallelujah, it'll work. And I'm, I, I'm fully persuaded of that, actually. And uh, but so he prayed. He began to pray about starting a church and how to start the church. Um, I know that he locked himself up in a motel room with a jug of water. And, uh, you know, didn't tell anybody where he's going except Pastor Diana. I think she knew. And uh, he's in there fasting and praying, believing God, trying to get some direction. And I know that he got the, he got the vision of the church. And if you ever read the vision, it was awesome. It was supernatural. It was just, just a... Just an incredible thing that he got from, from God on, on what a church should be and what it should do, what it should accomplish. And uh, he got the name of the church and uh, in, that, in that motel room, praise God, praying, praying. Um, I don't know exactly when God spoke to him. This is the part where I, it just, I just don't know. Uh, but I know that God spoke to him, and he talked to him about sending him some people. Man, y'all are intense. Praise God. You're listening like, woo. But uh, <laughs> hallelujah. That's good. That's good. I'm, I'm glad you're locked in here with me because uh, it's an awesome thing what God's done here. And I'm just thankful to be a part of it. But God talked to him about what kind of people he was going to send him. And uh, he gave him this verse. I'll, I'll read it to you. You don't even have to turn there. I'm just just going along with my story here. You can stay with me. But First Samuel 22, 2, and it says, And everyone who was in distress, this was at some cave where David was, that these people were sent to him. It says, and God sent to David these people, and then he told Dr. Jacob, I'm going to send you these kind of people. And everyone who was in distress, and everyone who was in debt, and everyone who was discontented gathered to him. So he became captain over them, and there was about 400 men with him. And, uh, you know, Dr. Jakes wasn't too thrilled. <laughs> would you have been? I mean, think about that, you know, not too thrilled. He would have said, I'm going to send you a psalmist and a children's church leader and a couple of good trained ushers, you know. It would have been a lot more thrilling, I'm sure, you know. But he said, I'm going to send you people that are in debt and distressed and discontented. And, uh, you know, later on, he, he shared that scripture with the church. And, and he told us that God had shared that with him. And when he did, I thought, oh, my God, I'm one of those men. I mean, I knew it down in here. Come to me by revelation. I'm one of these men. And it fit me. I was in debt. I was broke. I was discontented. I was so discouraged. 
I was frustrated and angry. And, uh, and uh, God hooked me up with this church very supernaturally, hooked me up with Dr. Jacobs very supernaturally. And uh, when I heard that, I said, well, I'm going to let him be my captain. And he became a captain to me. And he began to train me up in the word of God. My goodness. You know, went from broke and disgusted, depressed down and in debt to discontent to having a really good life. I'm telling you, I've had a really good, I'm not done yet, but it's been really good. Really good. Hallelujah. So I, I thank God for it. And I, you know, I knew that God brought me a divine connection. I knew that God had brought me a divine connection. Immediately things started changing in my life. Immediately God put my marriage back together. Immediately my finances began to change. Just because I'd met my man of God. Hallelujah. And I allowed Dr. Jacobs to train me. You know, and back in those days he taught on uh, redemption and righteousness and uh, healing and, and faith and confession a lot. And he taught on it a lot. Faith and confession taught on it a lot. And, uh, man, it took me a long time to get my head around faith and to get my spirit where it could, could latch on to faith. Um, I, I remember when it came. It came here when Pastor Jordan was born. Uh, you know, Pastor Diana was having complications with the pregnancy. And Dr. Jacobs, he'd give us updates. Seemed like every week, at least, at least every month. He was giving us updates of what the doctor said, and then he would tell us what he was believing. And, uh, you know, it went right on up. It's up into this ninth month, and he's still saying it's going to turn out like I say. You know, I, th I think he shared a little bit about that last week, you know. And, man, that so marked me, you know, that, you know, no matter what the report was, he would say it's going to be as I say. That's my seed in there. I've got authority, and it's going to turn out like I say. And, uh, man, I was like, what a man of faith, you know. And I, I was like, I, I, I don't know that I can do that, you know. And uh, I remember having these thoughts, too. I remember, I remember thinking, you know, especially as it got up close to the time of the delivery, I remember, doesn't he know that if this don't turn out right, he's going to look like a fool? Doesn't he know if it doesn't turn out like he's saying, our church is probably going to fall apart over it? I think, doesn't he know that this has got to turn out right? You know? And, uh, you know, just doesn't he understand the impact it would have on our church? You know, that's what I got going on in my head, you know, but it did work. It did turn out exactly like he said it was going to turn out. Exactly. The placenta moved and all the things that needed to happen did exactly the way Dr. Jacobs said. Praise be to God. Changed me forever. Changed me forever. And I realized what my problem was. I realized where my big hindrance was. Anybody know where it was? I'm too much in the mental realm. Too, I'm thinking all these thoughts, and they loop around, and you never get an answer. And I'm just too much over in my head. And I realize I got to get out of my head, and I got to learn how to believe these promises will come to pass. I got to believe Mark 11:20. 20, that's when he's really working. He's working that scripture. And I'm thinking, my God, I got to learn how to get a hold of that. So, you know. I don't know. The church started in 85. You were born 87. So I'm, I'm, I'm two years into this thing, and I'm just starting to get a little bit of a handle on faith. So if you've been here a couple of years and it all still seems kind of new to you, you, well, that's quite all right. Praise God. It's taken me a long, long time 
to, I mean, the scriptures I'm going to talk about today, I didn't have then. I didn't have 10 years from then. I'm thinking about them now. Praise God. I'm still growing, still getting a hold of faith, still getting a hold of my confession, still learning the hindrances and what, what trips people up. Praise God. And I'm going to talk about that some today. But it did work. It did turn out. Just exactly like it, and it didn't impact our church negatively. Hallelujah. We all caught something. Everybody in the presence of Dr. Jacobs that sat out there in that congregation caught something, got strengthened on the inside, began to realize, I can do that. I can lay hold on the promises of God. Hallelujah. This thing works. And if he can work it, I can work it. Praise God. It did none of that work because he was a pastor. That worked because he believed the scriptures. Praise God. He was, he was laying hold of the promises of God with his faith. Hallelujah. So that, I mean, that, that so impacted me and so changed me. And uh, my goodness, you know, I realized though my unbelief came from what my mind was telling me. Unbelief comes from that mind, your mental processes. And we're going to get into that a little bit today. But we need to believe God's word and we got to believe God's faithful to his word. God is faithful. God will do what he said he's going to do. Hallelujah. Dr. Jacobs knew it. He knew it. You see, he, he knew it was going to turn out like he said. Hallelujah. How do you get to where you know it? How do you get to, I mean, when your head's saying no and you still know it? Hallelujah. How do you get like that? Hallelujah. Well, let's go look at a couple of scriptures. Let's go to Hebrews 11. And uh, I always print out my scriptures. I got my Bible if I need to turn somewhere. But I print out my scriptures. Hebrews 11, 11. And uh, we're going to look at... Uh, we're going to look at some people that made the, the Hall of Faith. Praise God. That's what Hebrews 11 is. It's not the Hall of Fame. It's the Hall of Faith. And uh, we'll look at a couple of people in, in Hebrews here. Hebrews 11, 11. It says, By faith Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. She judged him faithful who had promised. Now, we all know Abraham was a great man of faith, correct? Yes. Hallelujah. We're supposed to follow after the faith of Abraham, correct? Yes. Hallelujah. Well, that's true. But look, it's in this verse, it says that by faith, Sarah received, herself received. So this isn't, this isn't riding on Abraham's faith. This is Sarah's faith we're talking about. Hallelujah. Sarah had faith to obtain the promises of God. And how she do it? She did it by judging God faithful. She judged the one that made the promise as faithful. Hallelujah. What's she doing? She's judging the character of God. Hallelujah. She's judging the character of God. Will he do what he said? Yes, I believe he will. So she believed that God would do what he said he would do. And, you know, this is, this is a significant thing. I mean, it says right in that scripture, she's past the age of being able to bear children. She knew it. Everybody knew it. Abraham knew it. Everybody knew it. Praise God. But she still had that child because she judged God faithful. Hallelujah. You God didn't get the credit. The promise didn't get the credit. Abraham didn't get the credit. Where'd the credit go? It's Sarah's faith. It's very personal, isn't it? It's Sarah's faith, praise God. Got the credit for this miracle. All those other things had to be in place. I understand that. But it says right in here that it came by Sarah's faith. Sarah herself 
Praise God. Hallelujah. Encountered him as faithful. So praise God. Now, now we all know that, that you know, that there's more to that story than that. And uh, how many of them know that when Sarah first heard that promise from God, she laughed? Yeah. Go ahead, raise your hand if you've heard that. Hallelujah. How many of you knew this? Yeah, just about everybody. Let's go look at that. Hallelujah. Because Sarah did laugh. Well, it's Genesis 18. Genesis 18. We'll look at this for a minute. Praise be to God. I hope this helps somebody. Sure helped me. Sure helped me. Genesis 18, verse 9. We'll read 9 through 12. Then they said to him, and this is, this is there's, there's these angels here, and the Lord's ministering to Abraham. And it says, Then they said to him, Where is Sarah your wife? So he said, Here in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. And Sarah was listening in the tent door that was behind him. Now, now Abraham and Sarah were old, well advanced in age. And Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. And therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I have grown old, shall I pleasure my Lord, being old also. And the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh? saying, Shall I surely bear a child since I'm old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At that appointed time, I will return to you according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. So we see that Sarah really did laugh, and she laughed. And I think it's easy to judge Sarah and say that she doubted. I think it's very easy to do, and, uh, you know, but, you know, before we do that, before we just judge Sarah on laughing, uh, you know, let's not judge too quickly. And we all know Abraham is a man of faith, correct? How many of you knew Abraham laughed too? Anybody in here? Raise your hands. There's two or three. There's a few. I did not know it. Praise God I heard a preacher say it and had higher. Okay, I'm going to go read that. And sure enough, if you flip back a chapter, go to Genesis 17, 15 through 18. And it said to Abraham, for Sarah your wife... You shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah, which means princess. Her name shall be. And I will bless her and give you a son also by her. And yes, I will bless her. And she'll be a mother of nations. Kings of peoples shall come from her. And then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? And shall, shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a son? Now, I mean... There's, there's a lot can be said, and you can look up these word laughs, and there's a, there's a lot of study you could do here. But I'm just kind of reading it in context and looking at it, and that sounds like doubt to me. It really does. And, uh, of course, you know, you know what the word Isaac, you know what it means? It means laughter. It does. So, I, you know, all that stuff can come into play, and you can do a great study. But I'm just looking at it at face value here. You can see that Sarah, when she heard that promise, she laughed. When Abraham heard that, that promise, he laughed. And, uh, you know, if you, if, you, if you look at it more carefully, and that's the thing that I, that I really want you to do. I want you to look at it more carefully and think with me. What's happening to them? What's happening to Abraham and Sarah as, as this great promise was given to them from the Father? I mean, they're standing in the presence of angels and the Lord's speaking with them. And it, this is... This is some awesome stuff happening, and, and, they're, and they're responding with, with this laughter. What's happening to them? 
And I think if I'm reading it correctly, they're summing it up in their mind, and it's too big for their mind. They're summing it up for their, their mind, and, and so they laugh. And I really do believe that's what's happening to them. They're simply doing what everybody else does in their mind. They're calculating, evaluating, they're assessing it, and they're summing it all up, and it's just too big. Your mind can't get a hold of it. Your mind can't go there. And uh, I realize we all do it. We all do it. You know, God made us that way. Our mind is a, it's a process of calculating machine. And God made us that way. It's supposed to do that. And the better it does it, the more it will help you in life. And uh, so it's certainly not wrong. Certainly not wrong. God gave us a mind to think with. And, uh, you know, constantly. Your mind, I mean, it's like a machine. Praise God. Evaluating. Processing information. And, uh, you know, Brother Hagen's mind done it. Dr. Dufresne's mind done it. Dr. Jacob's mind. Everybody's mind does it. Praise God. It was made to. So it's not wrong. It's not wrong. And, uh, you know, the thing about your mind is it always comes up with an answer. It always comes up. And it needs to come up with an answer. Right, here, let me read you a scripture just to, to help you out. Luke 14, 28 says, For which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost whether he has enough to finish it? Say, how are you going to do that without a good mind? You've got to be able to calculate. You've got to be able to count the cost. You've got to be able to think. You know, you can run out and just do stupid stuff all day, every day, and just mess up your whole life if your mind doesn't calculate, evaluate, process, think, come up with an answer. Your mind's supposed to work that way. Praise God. and nothing wrong with it working that way. You need your mind. So don't ever get under conviction about the fact that your mind works and it comes up with an answer. But the thing you get to realize is that if your mind comes up with an answer that's contrary to the promise, You've got to learn how to go with the promise. You've got to learn how to go with it. And that's, that's the whole key. Man, I'm going I'm to read you two really big points here. And uh, it says, the calculation of your mind is your biggest obstacle to receiving God's promise. Think about that. The calculation of your mind is the biggest obstacle to receiving God's promise. To receive face reward, you must overcome the answer of your mind. If you're going to receive face reward, you've got to, to overcome the answer. Your mind's always going to come up with an answer. And what happens to you if, you, if, you, if you're going after a promise and your mind comes with an answer, it says you can't have that, it's too big. It just loops and loops and it loops and it comes to that same answer every time. So you got to get out of your mind. I was too far over in the mental realm to be in agreement with Dr. Jacobs. Too far over in that mental realm. See, and that's what happens to many of us many times. We get so far in that mental realm that it just starts looping and looping and looping. And we can't lay hold of the promises of God. So when your mind comes up with an answer contrary to what God says, you have to do what? You have to count God as being faithful. You have to say God's faithful. If he said it, he will do it. You must not let your mind rule over what God said. You can't allow your mind to rule over the word of God. The word must become superior in your thinking. The word of God has to become superior in your thinking. See, and it becomes your responsibility to begin to magnify the word of God in your thinking. 
you make it big, you magnify it, and you make that word superior to what your mind says. And it's a process. It doesn't come real easy. Doesn't come real easy. Has to do with your loyalty. What are you going to be loyal? Are you going to be loyal to your mind to come up contrary to the promise? Or are you going to be loyal to the word of God? Are you going to be loyal? Are you going to be faithful to the one that promised? That's what it comes down to. And uh, the thing I found out, and this is a good thing too, that the more you renew your mind, the easier it gets. The more you get in the book, the easier it gets. The more the, I mean, you, you, can, you can read it, I mean, get it before your eyes and then get you an earbud in, get it going in your ear, get the word of God going in you as much as you can, and it'll get easier. It'll help you be able to, to not let your mind rule over what God's saying that you can have. You know, you have to realize that when I met Dr. Jacobs, and, and, and he said, you know, God told him I'm going to send you some people like in 1 Samuel 22 too. I really was that guy, discontent, in debt, and I didn't know how to believe God for anything. Had no idea. I grew up in church, had no idea how to believe God for anything. And I was just barely getting along. I had no hope. I didn't see myself ever being successful at anything. I didn't have any hope on the inside. I didn't have any success on the inside. I was just hopeless, broke discontent, in debt, and, uh, you know, you realize that I'd have stayed there. I'd still be there today, still be there today without renewing my mind to the Word of God, without somebody that I said, I'm going to allow you to be captain over me and train me up, teach me, instruct me, show me how it's done, and become a good student, and, uh, man, that's changed my life changed my life totally so Sarah judged God faithful in spite of what her mind said her mind said you know you're beyond I mean there's plenty of physical evidence hey I'm beyond I'm beyond that now all kind of physical evidence but she judged God faithful realize that Abraham did it this way he laughed at Abraham think about the Romans 4 18 it says who contrary to hope in hope believed so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. So sure descendants be. His mind came up hopeless. You understand that? He says, man, I'm too old. Sarah's too old. His mind is trying to process it and then we're, we're too old. But he believed the promise over what his mind said. When he didn't have any natural hope, he got over in this hope that you can find in the scriptures that the supernatural can happen for me. And he got over there and he began to believe it. He began to believe it. So when your mind comes up with something that's contrary to the promise of God, go with the promise. Go with the promise. Teach yourself how to rule over your mind and go with the promise. Go with the promise of God. You know, your spirit can believe the promise in spite of the summation of your mind. That's the thing you have to get a hold of, that your spirit man can lay hold of that promise you know, that I've heard Brother Hagin say that. And then I know that I really understood it the first time I heard it. That your faith can lay hold of the promises of God. Your inner man can lay hold of the promises that when your head says it can't have it. And you're going to have that battle on the inside of you sometimes. But you can still win if you'll magnify the word of God. See, you've got to realize this is the great limiter. This is the limiter. This sets your threshold of what you can believe for. 
A lot of people shaking their head. I think, I think you believe it. How many remember Dr. Jacob saying he started out believing God for a, a pair of Tom McCann shoes that cost $29.99? Look where he's at today. He's believing for airplanes. It's a process. It's a process. I wasn't able to agree with the man of God when he was believing for Pastor Jordan to be born. I, my mind was too much in the way. But I started working on myself. I started working on that process. Man. Just think about it. Dr. Jacobs has been able to overrule his mind to the point where he's saying now an airplane's not too much. Think about that. An airplane's not too much. Hallelujah. Worked on his mind. Worked on his believing. Stayed with God. Believed God would be faithful to his promises. And he just worked on himself. Worked on it. Thinks about his faith every day. Think, I mean, he's not just spouting that out there because it's a cool thing to say about himself. That's how you get the victory. You think about your faith. Am I in faith? Do I know how to believe God? Am I doing things that's damaging my faith? Am I doing things that's helping my faith? Am I magnifying the word of God bigger than, than this summation, this assessment of the mind? Praise God. You have to get to where you can do that. Praise be to God. You know, if you get a negative report from a doctor, it becomes really, really important that you know how to do this. You know, you have to be able to, to make the word of God that says you're healed bigger than that report. If you can't do it, you're in trouble. So start working on that. Why does, why does Dr. Jacob say, I think about my faith every day and I study faith and healing every day? Because that's important. You need to get you, be able to get your mind around healing. You need to get your mind around the promises of God that he wants to be your healer and he wants to heal you. Praise be to God. And that's got to be bigger than any report you get. When you get one, you got to say, all right, you know, that's just like the thing my mind would come up with. I think the word of God's bigger. I think the promises of God is bigger. Hallelujah. So you can lay hold, lay hold on that. So let's get busy magnifying the word of God. Let's get busy about it. Hallelujah. Let's get busy confessing the word of God. Let's get busy disciplining our mind. See, if you can get your mind to think like God thinks, hallelujah, then you can have victory. And that's what you got to do. You got to learn how to think like God thinks. You got to keep this word before your eyes at all time. That's in Proverbs 4. To get the word before your eyes all time, all the time. Get it going in your ear. Get it going in your eyes. And think about it all the time. Praise be to God. Now, I've only given you a couple examples. There's more, but I really feel like I'm finished here. But you get in your Bible and look for them. I, the one that I thought about was in Numbers where it sent out the 10 spies. Well, there was 12 spies. 10 of them came back and gave a negative, evil report. Why? Because of what they saw what their mind processed about that promised land over there. Two men gave a different report. How'd they do that? They seen the same thing the other ten seen. How'd they do that? Well, they believed the promise. Actually, it's the same promise that Abraham got. See, that promise goes back to that day. Told Abraham, you know, where your feet's going to trod, that's going to be the land. Hallelujah. So God already told them they could have it, and they came back and said, nope, can't do it. We're not able. They're too big. They're too strong. 
We look like grasshoppers in their sight. Doesn't that all just sound like what the mind would come up? How, how, did, they, how did they know what they looked like in their sight? They didn't. It's what the, that's the kind of thing the mind comes up with. That's the kind of thing the mind comes up with, see. And it's all through the Bible. Like I thought about what was that like when, when Moses is standing in front of the Red Sea and the enemies beginning to pile down, you know. I'm sure everybody's mind was racing. Everybody's mind's thinking, and most of the thoughts probably were negative. Would Moses say, stand and see the salvation of God? Hallelujah. In the, in the sea part, they walked across on dry land. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just all kind of things like that, all through the Bible. It's all about being able to receive those promises, being able to put your mind aside and say, no, 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 this is what God says. I'm going with what God says. Hallelujah. Would anybody get anything today? Pretty short message for me. I usually preach longer than that, but praise God. Changed my life forever. Changed my life forever. Still getting a hold of the promises of God. Still learning about faith. Hallelujah. I want to have victory in my life. I mean, when I met Dr. Jacobs, I was so satisfied with just getting by. I, I just getting by if I just made it. I wasn't trying to excel. I wasn't trying to attain anything. I was just a mediocre person going somewhere to do nothing. And that's the word of God's changed my life. Hallelujah. I remember right, I mean it wasn't long after the church had started that God spoke to me. I said, Father, what are you doing in my life? And this is the first time I can really remember God speaking to me, and I know I've heard from God. There's sometimes you think, well, that must have been God, or you get something that, you know, you're not so. But I was really sure that I'd heard from God, and he says, because I want to use your children. Father, why are you doing all these things in my life? Because I want to use your children. I knew it was God. I lived my whole life thinking. God's going to use my children. I lived my whole life. I had to stay in this church. I had to stay where God, had to stay in the will of God. I had to do what God told me to do. I had to raise them the way he told me to. Did I make some mistakes? No. If, if I'd have known then what I know now, I wouldn't have made a lot of those mistakes, but I made a bunch. I think, man, I almost rent Sonny. Yeah, me. I mean, I, you know, thank God for his mercy. Thank God I cried out and said, Father, help me. I've sinned. I've messed up. You know, I haven't been what I needed to be. And he did. He did. Hallelujah. God's been good to me. So good to me. You know, I mean, I mean who ever thought pastor or Sonny Flock would be a pastor? Who would have ever dreamt it, you know? God knew. God knew. And I'm sitting in his church Friday night watching Dr. Jacobs pray over my grandsons. Hallelujah. Am I ever thrilled? that I stayed with the plan of God. Am I ever thrilled that I stayed put? Hallelujah. Laid hands on little Joe and said, my God, there's a fresh anointing on this young. There's a powerful anointing. He's six years old, and the prophet of God's talking about the anointing on it. I'm thrilled. I'm just, I mean, I'm excited on the inside. Hallelujah. Thankful. Thankful for what God's done in my life. Thankful that he was faithful to that promise that he made me, that he would use my children. Now he's, he's working on my grandkids. Hallelujah. They got a great heritage. They got great parents. They really do. And they're bringing them up in the word. Hallelujah. Teaching them how to believe God when they're six. Hallelujah. Think about that. 
Hallelujah. That's an awesome thing. Well, I think I'm finished. I hope I helped somebody today. Praise be to God. Hallelujah. Thank you. All the glory.